Good morning dear listeners. Welcome to Sleepy Unicorn. In today's Sunday episode of Extra in the Ordinary, we have Vivek Agarwal. Vivek is passionate about mathematics, poetry, arts, food and history. He works as CEO of a global analytics and technology center of excellence of a large company. He loves teaching, interacting with children. So, come, let's talk about mathematics and poetry with him. Good morning and welcome Vivek to our show on Sleepy Unicorn. Yeah, very good morning to you, Vrishali, and to all your listeners. So, Vivek, as you know, this show is about the extra and the ordinary, where we listen to the extraordinary personalities and the extra that supports them from the ordinary. From your multidimensional dynamic personality, Vivek, we have chosen to pick your love for mathematics and poetry for today. We would love to listen to your stories. So, tell us where it all began. Like your childhood, your love for mathematics, your first teachers. So, would you like to let our listeners know about the interesting stories behind where all this began? Thank you very much for hosting me on your show and share my life journey with your listeners. Now, if I look back, it's very difficult to single out any one particular point in terms of where it all began. But like any other child, my first teachers were, of course, my parents, especially my father, who used to teach me mathematics since early age. I also used to spend my summer vacations with my grandfather, who used to give me some pocket money for helping in reconciliation of his daily accounts. So from Mm -hmm. him, I learned the basic bookkeeping, arithmetic operations, calculation of simple and compound interest. And Mm -hmm. later, I also lived with my grandparents for two years because my father was in a transferable job and moved around. Uh, Mm -hmm. That was when I was about 10. And I think that was the time I started doing my first experiments in mathematics, which went beyond the typical school syllabus, while also finding a lot of joy in pursuit of mathematics. Uh, Since you mentioned about these stories, I remember once I read a story about Akbar and Bebel, where Mm Bebel, after winning a chess game, asked for rice grains in such a way that one grain should be kept in the first square of the chessboard, two Mm -hmm. in the second, fourth in third, and so on. Now, Akbar, being the mighty king he was, he dismissed Mm -hmm. this as a very small ask. But Mm -hmm. his bookkeeper, Todamal, told that entire country could not produce that much rice in 100 years. Now, I was... Very curious. I wanted to really Mm -hmm. find out how much rice was that. And that led to a lot of thinking and experiments over days and weeks. And eventually I figured it out by first calculating it as 2 power 64 minus 1 and then approximating it as 16 million trillion grains as 2 power 10 is about 10 power 3. Mm -hmm. And then I actually counted 1000 grains of rice, which was about 20-25 grams and then figured out how much was the weight. Mm -hmm. So... These are the kind of things actually, you know, which uh, helped me in the childhood to uh, find new joys and cheer in the pursuit of mathematics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to uh, add one more uh, interesting story on this, Vivek, just because you mentioned about Arbor and Birbal. There is one interesting story about Plato and Socrates also on this. So there was a particular dialogue between them where Plato was uh, very... Um, 
he wanted to know how knowledge is housed so he had that uh, curiosity in his mind and socrates uh, stopped a slave boy passing by and uh, he decided uh, he uh, in a, in the typical socrates uh, questioning uh, style he asked a question to the slave boy hey slave boy uh, do you know formal mathematics and the slave boy said no i don't know and then socrates uh, kept uh, inquiring and asking him questions in the end he was able to pull out area of a square from the slave boy so it was like uh, the knowledge was uh, always there inside that boy but it was reawakened by uh, a teacher or a kind of an person who can bring that uh, thing out so i think your grandfather was one of that element in your uh, childhood right no absolutely parents and the grandparents they always uh, played a very influential role and that goes even beyond mathematics they mm-hmm. shape your early value system uh, they shape your preferences so you are absolutely right because everybody needs some catalyst in the life and more often than not it is the close family members who are that catalyst mhm interesting so vivek uh, i have like uh, like my math is not so great but i always felt that our education system uh, where uh, we when we are uh, taught mathematics uh, to people who, like me who do not have that intrinsic or inherited quality of loving math i think that is an acquired quality for us whereas it is an organic characteristic for you so how do you say we uh, teach mathematics in school do you have any ideas on that see that's a big ask and that is something <laughs> which has been very close to my heart because uh, you know uh, i love teaching and mm. i teach my own children Mm-hmm. and while my son is a natural at mathematics my daughter is more interested in pursuing piano and painting mm-hmm. so i face this challenge sometimes at home and what i have seen is that the best way is to make it fun mm-hmm. see mathematics is actually fun we just teach it in a wrong way and make it complicated mm-hmm. now for example you know my son i wanted to teach him probability so we play ludo uh, in mm-hmm. the evening So I gave him a uh, deal that you know if one comes then he wins if any other number comes I win and in no time he figured out it's not a fair deal because his chances of winning are much lower mm-hmm. so I said fine you will win if every time we get one or two and I will win on rest of the number he still figured out that it's not a fair deal mm-hmm. so he learned the basic concept of chance and the probability by playing this game of the dice I also take my kids for grocery shopping that's where they help in uh, finding out you know what kind of vegetables how much quantity I give mm-hmm. them the bill to figure out if there's any mistake mm-hmm. so if we can make mathematics you know the part of the daily life and teach through some kind of games and mm-hmm. hobbies then it becomes that much more interesting the other True. thing is you know what i have seen that uh, we try and chase the grades and the marks mm-hmm. now that is a wrong way and we mm-hmm. also then encourage children to memorize complex formulas and vishali i'm telling you now mm-hmm. see i also interview a lot of people in my existing job mm-hmm. and i'm talking about the interviews i have done for tier 1 uh, college graduates mm-hmm. and if i ask them sometimes very simple question to add up uh, a geometric progression many times i get a response you know i studied it 7 years back i have forgotten it now mm-hmm. so i feel a little disappointed that you know that uh, if they had focused on the fundamentals and probably this need will not arise right. so that is what the teachers need to do that is what parents need to do they need to make the kids aware of the basic fundamentals rather than trying to memorize complex formulas mm-hmm. 
Correct. Yeah, like I give you the example of the chessboard problem. So that mm. was a geometric progression. Mm-hmm. And that journey did not stop at just solving that rice problem. Then mm-hmm. I took it further. And at that age, actually, I thought I had invented a new thing. But <laughs> I was disappointed two or three years later when I found it into the textbook that what I discovered has already been discovered. <laughs> Yeah, I, I could imagine it. Uh, we are like all astronauts and scientists that are at, at some point of time in our childhood. True. Yeah, so uh, Vivek, uh, now coming to uh, the when we talk about the education system, today's uh, modern education system, I would like to go back to our uh, ancient Indian uh, teaching style, the Gurukul style, where uh, mathematics was taught uh, to the uh, Gurukul students who stayed with the Guru. And I have read that they also learned math by doing the uh, everyday work as such, like picking up the uh, woods, putting the flowers in the garlands and also maybe there is a geometric progression i mean the geometric patterns in uh, laying the stones for the yajna and all so all this has got some kind of an uh, scientific uh, connection to uh, over the bigger picture so could you throw uh, some light on the uh, heritage of indian mathematics so that's a very interesting point you made and there are two points here Number one, the most of the scholars in those days were polymath. Mm-hmm. Their knowledge was not limited to mathematics alone. They were expert in Vedic scriptures, astrology, mm-hmm. science, and even literature. Mm-hmm. Almost all these sutras are written as poems so mm-hmm. that students could easily learn and memorize. Remember, in those days, mm-hmm. there was no printing press. Correct. And there's a limitation on how many books, you know, one could copy. Mm-hmm. So the knowledge transmission was mostly through uh, oral traditions. Mm-hmm. The second point is that uh, students live with the guru. And when you do that, you try and idealize your guru. Mm. You try to learn from his life, not only from his lectures. Mm. And you also made a good point that a lot of mathematics was invented because there was a need for that. Like, for example, if you're doing a yagna and you need to make a square vedi and a circular vedi of similar area. Mm. So that's a classic squaring the circle problem, which would lead to calculation of pi, Mm. as we define it today, Mm. to the uh, nearest possible value. Mm. And a lot of work was done in that. And similarly, if you're writing some kind of Sanskrit verses, Mm. then uh, you will need to know that in how many different ways one could compose a typical verse with n number of matras. Mm -hmm. And again, that would need uh, to some kind of mathematics. So yes, uh, there was a tradition. And uh, now just further building upon that, see what is happening is this extremely rich heritage Mm. of Indian mathematics today lays largely forgotten Mm. and not even acknowledged in India. Mm. Today, most of the modern mathematics which we see is built on the foundation that was developed by these great mathematicians, but is attributed to Western mathematicians for lack of this awareness. Mm -hmm. Even today, Vishali, our students know more about Pythagoras, uh, Fibonacci, Pascal, Newton, Leibniz, rather than Bodhayan, Hemachandra, Pingala, Aryabhat, and Madhvacharya. Mm -hmm. They have not even heard of these names. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying it to just reminiscize about a long lost glory, but my objective is to revive our old heroes because the heroes we choose today, mm. they have a significant role in the choices we make in the life and the future we build. Mm. 
if our children are made aware of the contribution made by their own ancestors, it will inspire many of them to follow in their footsteps. It gives me a lot of pain when I see that in a country like India, which has such heritage, mm -hmm. we do not produce a single field medal winner. And it's not that Indians cannot do. The Indians living away from India, like Manjur Bhargav, mm -hmm. they have won the field medal. But not a single Indian living in India has done so. True. Just as we read the stories of great kings like Ashoka, Chandragupta, Maurya, we ought to read the stories of Bhaskara, Aryabhat, Ramanujan, if India has to become a mathematics superpower again. And mathematics is the foundation on which all other science and technological advances are made. So it's interest in the nation that we revive these old heroes again. Very true. I totally agree with you, Vivek. Uh, so, Vivek, uh, coming uh, again uh, to the Vedic culture, I understand that uh, the mathematic was uh, the math was also written in Sanskrit poetry. So, uh, I mean, it was a, a mechanism to uh, learn the formulas. I think in a uh, in a way uh, which our um, uh, mind, body, spirit accepts and we can uh, internalize the uh, concepts more easily. So how is poetry and mathematics related to each other? No, you're right, actually, since most of the uh, sutras were written as verses, so most of these uh, mathematicians of those days were also good poets. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that uh, helped uh, not only in imagination, but also in inventing some new kind of uh, mathematics. In fact, one of the best uh, example I can think of was beautifully explained by Professor Manjul Bhargav about whom I just spoke. He was talking about the famous Pingala Hemachandra series, which we call Fibonacci series due to lack of awareness. The whole series or the sequence was actually invented to help in writing the Sanskrit poems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is connection. And like I said earlier, mathematics is also more about imagination than merely cold calculations. The greatest mathematicians, including uh, our own Srinivas Ramanujan, who is also my childhood hero, they were gifted with unique imagination and intuition besides a brilliant mind. Mm. Even in my current role, Rashali, where I lead a team of mathematicians, data scientists, economists, engineers, I always urge them to be more creative. Mm -hmm. Conventional mathematical techniques, methods, they can show us accurate pattern and existing data sets. But what if the solution is outside the data sets we are exploring? Mm. And that's where the imagination plays a very important role. Yeah. Correct. Correct. So, uh, Vivek, uh, I can see that uh, you have a very creative side also. And I have heard you, uh, your poems, uh, and I have seen that you are able to express the, I mean, I always believe that uh, mathematicians are logical and analytical people and do not have any kind of connection with abstract thinking uh, in a, uh, or in a like uh, a creative uh, way to express themselves. Maybe they they have that abstract thoughts, but expressing that is very um, dry is what I thought. But after reading your poems, I, I my uh, belief was, uh, uh, I mean, I found that my belief is not correct. So uh, would you like to let our uh, listeners know about your poetic side? Yeah, sure, Shali. Uh, see, I think my poetic journey also began around the same time. Uh, I wrote my first poem when I was in class six, uh, living with my grandparents, around the same time when I was doing Akbar Bibal and Rai's thing. Mm -hmm. 
And that was a very small poem. It was, I think, more on uh, the uh, dowry debts, uh, which was a big social problem at that point of time. So that touched my heart and a few lines came out. And that didn't quite stop after that. So I continued writing stories, poems, plays uh, in my school and college days, but stopped writing after the professional life began. Can you please share a poem with our listeners? Yeah, let me think of a poem. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is one poem actually, which is close to my heart. Mm-hmm. So th- this goes like that. Ham dono nadiya ke tire, madhya hamare aviral dhara, alag alag apni dunya par, अनाद्यनंत्रहे that was outstanding, uh, Vivek. Uh, it is a very, uh, I mean, I, I don't have words. Uh, so, Vivek, uh, how did this, uh, uh, what did influence you in writing poetry? Uh, were there Western poets or Indian poets whom you were influenced by? Vishali, I grew up in very small towns and studied in Hindi medium school. So definitely it was not the uh, English poets. I read very few of them, but I had been fortunate to read a lot of work of uh, Indian poets. And my poems are actually mostly influenced by, you know, what we call as Chayavad era. When we have the giants like uh, Jashankar Prasad, Nirala, Pant, Mahadevi Varmaji. I also love uh, Dinkarji. Uh, I love reading his poems too. So I'm quite influenced by them. And that is why if you see my poems, actually, uh, they tend to probe human emotions and passions while wandering in a fantasy land. And Mm -hmm. I tend to tell the human stories, uh, the stories of our deep passions, but through nature, like river, flowers, birds, mountains, so mm-hmm. even this poem, which I narrated, actually, you know, it is telling the story of two people uh, through the riverbanks. Mm-hmm. But uh, off late, I have started experimenting a bit with some new genres like modern freestyle writing and also some poems for children because my kids wanted me to write for them. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very interesting, uh, like passing on the passion to children uh, because uh, they, uh, they, no matter how many... Uh, words uh, we uh, I mean how many um, models that we have for them but the actions of the parent is what uh, actually developed the children so it's very nice that you're passing on your passion and your hobby to your children also so uh, uh, Vivek uh, I, I, I feel it uh, and I am deeply uh, touched by uh, your poems. I have read them also. So would you like to uh, let our listeners know where they can find your poems? And uh, I heard that you are also podcasting them. So would you like to talk about it so that our listeners can also hear you? Yeah, sure. Actually, see, I started writing again very recently, just about two months back uh, after being inspired by reviewing the stories and poems of an old college friend. So my poems are also available as a podcast. Uh, You can find Hindi poems by Vivek on any popular music app like Spotify, Amazon, Ghana, Geo7. 
And you can also read them if that's what you prefer on a website called Story Mirror. So mm-hmm. many of my poems are listed on Story Mirror. Incidentally, they have also shortlisted me as author of the month. Mm-hmm. And one of my poem is actually an entry for that contest. So let's see how that turns out. Uh, our best wishes to you, uh, Vivek. And uh, I know that you will certainly win that contest, no doubt about it. So Vivek, uh, talking to you was very nice. And uh, I, we got like, we had a very diverse uh, discussion ranging from the love for mathematics, the way it, it uh, a proposal to uh, change our uh, way of teaching mathematics, the fun introduction of the fun and gamification of mathematics. The Indian heritage that we, the rich Indian heritage that we have in the field of mathematics. And then uh, it's linked to the poetry. So all this was very interesting. And I hope that our listeners have found it uh, uh, very insightful. Uh, So thank you so much, Vivek, uh, to join us for the show. We loved having you here. And uh, definitely we will have a part two of this because there are a lot of things that uh, we would love to talk to you about. So we are very thankful to you for joining the show. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, Vrishali. Pleasure is absolutely mine. It always gives me a lot of joy to share my experiences with a wider forum. I think as we age, we realize that experiences is something which should not be kept only to ourselves. If anybody can learn something from our own experiences and mistakes, uh, that's very good. So they should be shared. Uh, as a parting shot, I can just tell you one more thing. That as you age, you know, in life, you will always regret things which you have never attempted and never done. Then the mistakes you have made in the life. So I would urge each of your listeners, especially the young one, to keep the inner child alive. Do not let your daily activities consume you fully uh, and do experiments, you know, do try things. Uh, Have lesser regrets, uh, make mistakes. It's okay. You know, you can amend those mistakes later. And coming back to mathematics is beautiful. It can give you immense joy and happiness, just like poetry. Embrace it. Play with it. Yeah. Thank you, Vivek. And uh, we wish you all the best for all your endeavors in uh, both mathematics, poetry, and in life in general. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in to Sleepy Unicorn and hope you liked the episode. Please subscribe and follow us on all major platforms, Spotify, Ghana, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast and Anchor. See ya, take care, bye-bye and have a lovely day.